0: Joining us with Donovan in studio, it is our old friend, who certainly remembers the last time he was here, and probably most specifically me and my great questions, Ice Cube.
1: Yeah, yeah, what's happening? Thanks for coming up, man. Oh, man, anytime. Will you anytime. tell him you
2: don't remember him, please?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, which What what questions? What Which one?
2: He said you guys are really getting along off the air. This was He was bragging yesterday that he will not forget me, but then... You just told me you've been to hundreds of these. Hundreds, and I knew that, and still thought maybe.
1: <laughs> w- what was the question? <laughs> yeah, what were you talking about off the air that you thought he would
2: remember?
0: I remember that I had watched. It wasn't the first time that I had watched it, but I had watched. Hey, I, I saw believe Friday. It was an no.
2: <laughs> oh, you're the guy. It was like an. Uh, it was
0: like an unaired ABC interview that you did. Yeah, many many years ago, probably like 93, 94 something like that, and it, it was awesome. And I, after watching it, fully understood why they didn't air it.
1: Yeah, they you didn't. You had some air answers it. they didn't want to hear. Exactly. You know, it was it was weird. You know, it was like we was in Washington D.C. for some of the interview, like man. the steps. Yeah, and they were like, "That's the Capitol Building. What would you do to it?" I'm like, uh, nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they <wanted> you to- <laughs> It was like, "What would you do to it?" Yeah, yeah. They they just thought I that I was uh gonna have some like you know let's blow it up or you know I don't know what they thought I was gonna say but I was like man you know uh nothing yeah <laughs> yeah Probably they didn't really like that like yeah yeah it. you know yeah, uh, they look they, at it they, they really like didn't yeah I, and and look they spent three days following me around so I was pissed when the interview didn't show I'm like. They're not gonna play it and they like, no, they just pulled it.
0: Well, you were here, uh, as you were last year for the big three, the basketball league, which is in town this weekend at big three I believe that is the easiest way to get tickets, correct? Big and the big three slash tickets. Slash tickets. Or you can go important.
1: to Ticketmaster. Uh you can come to the American Airlines Center box office, I'm pretty sure. So what are the state of things with the league? It's great. You know, the league is growing. Uh we saw ratings from last week, you know, over five hundred thousand people watched us, which is pretty good. Uh pretty damn good, you know, if you compare us to other leagues that's been around way longer. So, um everything is trending up as far as, you know, us growing as a league. I
0: yeah. went out there last year and it was it was a very good time. Seems like a, yeah, a really fun. great thing to bring kids to also. It it's is an affordable way to go see, you know, high-end talent and it moves fast.
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of downtime. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it, man. You know, we try to put on a good event. You know, it's really more than more than just a game. You know, we got six games, so you know, it's like you're there for a minute kicking it. So we want to entertain you like tomorrow we're going to have we're going to celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip hop, you know, Texas style. So we're going to have, you know, great groups from from this area. Come out and uh perform. Uh we're gonna honor the DOC who's like the honorary member of NWA. You know, and just uh celebrate Texas, celebrate hip hop, celebrate Big Three. Have some great games, great matchups. It's Nancy Lieberman's birthday, so come out and wish her a happy birthday. Oh, okay. You know? Dallas loves her. And so we're big uh, fans. Yeah, yeah. She's a great uh ambassador of the Big Three. And the a, and a basketball in general.
3: So when you, as the league grows, and you guys have a draft for the big three, are players reaching out to you guys to say, hey, I want in? Yeah. And, and it's growing every single year, right? Without a doubt. You know, we have
1: over, usually we have over 150 players, you know, kind of jockeying for like 23, 24 spots. So most of our captains and co-captains they stay with the team, you know, they're, they're the, the constant, consistent, um, part of the team, but they draft, uh, draft players, you know, two other players that's going to sub and play with them. So that's how the pool moves and, you know, different people go to different teams, uh,
3: every year. I do have a hip hop question for you, if you don't mind. Come with it. So Straight out of Compton has been getting a lot of burn here recently. A yeah. lot of burn. Yeah. And I was thinking as, as I watched the movie and they showed you, portrayed by your son, uh, just kind of morphing from music to writing Friday and acting and all that. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking earlier in the hip-hop era where it was just focused on music and then everyone kind of started wanting to do other things. And you can... Block this to half court if you want to. But my thought was the first group to kind of market themselves past the music into more acting and branding and all that were the Fat Boys. Yes. And I feel like they're not getting their shine because everybody kind of just feels like the music was, you know, party and popcorn and trash and all that stuff. But they were kind of the first group that showed themselves way past music to go TV acting, branding and all that. Yeah, you know, they really, um,
1: you know, I think the reason why people may not give them their flowers, like, they, they did hardcore rhymes, you know, most of their stuff went commercial and then they started doing, you know, wipeout and right, those right. kind of songs. But for the most part, you know, there was, uh, a, a dope group, you know, a hardcore group. And, and, and being in crush groove, I think what happened is, and they were, they were, the acting they did in Crush Groove was uh, pretty damn good for, you know, a new group that just got put together. But they, um, it's because they did a rap movie where they was rapping and it was like, so people discredit, you know, what they brought to the screen. But they are, you know, one of the first groups to ever, you know, show that, yo, you know, it's something in this movie thing. And then Kid and Play, you know what sure, I'm saying? Sure. Kid and Play came after that.
3: How are they uh, thought of in the community, the Fat Boys, in the rap culture? Because you 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 talk about this anniversary of fifty years, and a lot of people are getting celebrated, but you just don't
1: hear them. They're mentioned not mentioning en- enough because they were intricate in the the you know in rap really blowing up. You know what I'm saying? Before the Beastie Boys mm-hmm. took rap to another level and Run DMC with with Aerosmith. It was the Fat Boys who had elevated it from just, you know, kind of just the street level to where they were getting, you know, attention from mainstream television. They were on big tours. You know, they would tour with, uh, you know, some of the biggest rock groups out there, Um, open up for them. And um, I think you're right, man. You know, the, the Fat Boys are not getting their due. Might might have something to do with that movie Boomerang, where, where Chris Rock make a joke. You know what I mean? Right, you know, right. First the Fat Boys break up. Now it is. You know what I mean? So, uh, it it uh, you know, they are overlooked, but they shouldn't be because what Curtis Blow did with them was incredible, and it helped rap get to this point.
0: This is Ice Cube in studio with us. The Big Three is here this weekend at the AAC. Action kicks off tomorrow at noon. You can uh, get tickets at Big Three dot com slash tickets or pretty much anywhere you get your tickets along those same lines. Was there a point as someone who was at the beginning of the commercial success, the full crossover commercial success of hip hop, was there a point where you knew this has like really made it, this has really blown up. This is not just we're successful, you know, in our city, our community, I can afford a house. There was a point where, you know, this is global. Yeah. Maybe for the rest of my life. You mean for me particular, or yeah. for
1: hip hop in general?
0: Well, I feel like they were probably pretty hand in hand to an extent. I,
1: I, you know, I was still a local. You know, nobody knew who I was in in eighty five when when Run DMC did Live Aid. Um, Run DMC doing Live Aid at the time with some of the biggest iconic groups in history. Um, that was that was the turning point along with them making a cover of uh, rolling stones that, that that's when we knew, okay, you know, the whole industry is paying attention because this is top industry stuff. And so if the industry is paying attention, the, the music has a chance to go worldwide and be global and as big as it is today. But that's when I seen it, you know, from the outside in, for myself, hey, we we thought we would never blow up. We thought the records we was making was so hardcore that they would just be underground. Um, we all remember going to record stores, or at least most of us in here should. Um, remember the section where they used to have like the the Richard Pryor, you know, Red Fox. Like Blue Records, you know what I mean? That's the section we thought our records was going to be in. And uh, MTV banned us. The FBI sent us a letter. Next thing you know, the group, we we in the front of the store. and And, you know, this thing is like going up like a rocket.
2: What's that like getting a letter from the FBI? Like is it on letterhead? Do they just send it to your house? Does Which... a
0: lawyer call and say, "Hey, when you have time?" Uh, <laughs> when you have time, later. that's so
1: lawyer. When you have time, <laughs> like okay, um, I got a call from Easy. He said, "Man, we gotta go up to priority." So I said, "Man, we gotta go up to priority." Like what? And they got some letter, man, and they going crazy. We just got to go. They won't talk to us. So, I'm like, okay, letter. We get there; they're like in a panic. They like almost sweating. They don't have to deal with this kind of stuff. Like, remember the California raisins? Remember they they heard it <laughs> through the grapevine. The it's little commercial, yeah. Thing. The little uh, you know, was putty yeah. or yeah, you know, claymation. That's what they sold before NWA. So, F-
0: FBI was not after so, it was no. California Rekha- raisins. Yeah. So they go from California
1: raisins, you know, herded through the grapevine, you know, claymation little, you know, compilations, really nothing but temptation songs and, you know, and so, um, they didn't know how to deal with this. So they were in a panic. I mean, a panic. And we're like, okay, okay. All right. What's going on? We got a letter from the FBI and. We like, oh, okay. Um, what'd it say? And then they read the letter. You can get the letter online. It's basically some, some agent saying, you know, uh, we don't like the record. Police authorities, blah, blah, blah.
2: What's this voice you're getting? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah.
1: We don't like the record. I feel attacked. It's the agency voice. Yeah, that was an agent. You know, no color on that, man. You know what I'm saying? That was just an agent. So, um, we like, okay, letter, what? What's the problem? Where, I mean, where's the fire? And he's like, y'all don't understand. You know, y'all just young. You don't understand. It's from the FBI. It's not the sheriff. It's not the LAPD. It's the FBI. And we're like, if they, if they only come in with a letter, man, we'd rather deal with the sheriff. I mean, the sheriff's like, they'll knock your head in. Like a letter is nothing to us. You know, if they not coming to knock our heads in, we not as panic as you guys are. You know what I mean? And they, they you know, they just said, you know, you guys will see how this is going to blow up. And we didn't really understand it because this was our first letter from the FBI that anybody <laughs> had ever got. You know, everybody was worried about LAPD, Compton Sheriffs, L.A. um L.A. Sheriffs um, and Highway Patrol. Nobody was worried about the FBI in our group because nobody had ever even seen an FBI agent unless they were. um uh, you know, on, on TV at the time. And so, you know, we didn't take it as serious as the record company. And, um, and we, we actually had fun with it. It was actually funny. We laughed about it and good for sales. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We definitely exploited it. I mean, easy was, he he was a little older than us. So he just was like, this is good. And they were like, this is no good. He was like, nah, this is good. It's like, no, this is not good. He's like, no, this is good. So he understood the, the impact it was going to make. Yeah. yeah, and they was like, nah, man, we in trouble. And so, you know, I think the I think the label owner, he, he couldn't be found for about three weeks. He just went to Canada and was just, where are you at? I don't know. Getting, that was before, you know, cell phones. You just had to beep somebody and hope they called you back like a doctor.
2: Says here the the letter began with advocating violence and assault is wrong, and then so you guys read that and were like, oh my gosh! I uh, (laughs) never, geez, man, we're wrong. I cannot believe that uh, we've been making this mistake all this time. Really appreciate your note, and we're going to uh, rectify this situation
3: as soon as possible. Yeah. Signed, Ice. (laughs) Signed, Cube. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so when you went solo. Yeah. A big part of the movie. It was one of, you know, the the turning points of the of the movie. How difficult was it because I felt like back in back in our day, yeah. you make one hit record, you could sell half a million albums because they just sold those those records like that. Yeah. So, was that the goal? I know you want to make sure you feel good about every single song. But you wanted to have that one hit that would sell albums so you can keep that thing going. So I felt like the goal was like two, three major hits an album so you can sell those albums and just kind of keep progressing to the next one.
1: Without a doubt. You know, I saw uh Rob Bass. It Takes Two to Make Thing Go Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: It Takes Two to Make It Out. Well, they seen that thing in concert for about 30 I, minutes Man. Now. Man, I saw him tour. Oh my god, he, 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 he toured five
1: years off that one right, song, right. like Tone Loke with Wild Thing, seven eight years off that one song. So, well, what about write, Funky Cold Medina? Yeah, did you ever see them hear him play it? Side by, they're the exact same the song. exact same song, <laughs> without a doubt, without yeah. it. And and he like, I saw him one day. He was like, "Man, I'm about to throw up. I got to do one more Wild Thing one <laughs> one more Funky Cold Medina." i'm gonna throw up they don't want to hear none of my you know he had like he hard records he right, had hardcore right. records you know like tone loke you know he he from the hood he's not a pop guy you know what i mean and it's so, a lot of
3: those guys i was because coolio yeah he's from the hood yeah he's not a pop but you guy. hear Gangsta paradise and the other things and you think it's just all fun and yeah. games and he was hardcore
1: yeah yeah he was you know i remember him he he was from a project where he was living in a project called <clears throat> Nickerson Gardens, and he's not from over there. And I'm like, you gotta be either crazy or tough as nails to move into Nickerson Gardens, and you're not from there. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like who we gonna mess with? Oh, let's mess with the new guy. You know what I'm saying? Right. So he had to go through it to even live here. And he was this was before he got on. You know, he was he was stressing about it. But I remember Coolio from back before he even got on. Yeah, it's Ice
0: Cube in studio with us. Can you stick around for one more? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So the website again: big dot slash
2: tickets. More with Ice Cube next. Everybody, this is the great Ice T. Ice um, Cube, sorry. Well, oh, I, see. And I, I was thinking about it. our bit. We we uh, <laughs> we had a guy sent out to a press junket. You know, I think it was for all yeah, there twenty yet. years yeah, yeah. ago. 15 mm-hmm. years ago, and he kept asking you questions about Law & Order you. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and then we played that for it. you last year, and I kept thinking about it, so that's why... Uh... Now, Jake,
3: he remembers him. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's
2: totally fair. Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> certainly not the only guy that's done that bit to you, though, right?
1: No, it actually happened yesterday on the radio station oh. in uh, Philly, you know.
2: Were they doing it just as a bit?
1: No, he gave me this big intro, and he was like, yo, welcome, Ice. Tea. Okay, we were doing I I was was like, like ah.
0: Ours was a joke. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I
1: know. But, but, but it's cool because it happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happens all the time, you know. No, no one calls you my vanilla home. ice, right? Never.
2: No. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, all right. Ice Cube, everybody. Yeah, Big3.com yeah, yeah, yeah. slash tickets. Oh, yeah. It is 2.30. This is the ticket.
1: Uh, Buy into a competing league. Now, it's laughable to think that the big three... Is actually competing with the NBA. Um, so we don't understand why we're being held to that clause when, uh, slam ball and TBT and all these other forms of different forms of basketball are, are, are not being held to that bylaw. Only the big three. So, so to put it in perspective, if Mark Cuban wanted to invest in the big three, he couldn't, but he can invest in the Cowboys, the Rangers. He could invest in the hockey team, MLS, uh, lacrosse, pickleball, and they're all competing drone for races, dollars. Everything
2: they're competing for dollars with the NBA.
1: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And and um, so we're like, what makes us so uh, special uh, when it comes to not letting you know uh, basketball men. Invest in the big three, um, or or women, um, invest in the big three, and and so, um, we think it's personal with the with the you know with Adam Silver and Mark Tatum, these are the guys at the top, and um we think they should get off what they're on, get with the program, you know what I mean, and understand that the big three is you know, you you take the big three now. You don't hurt Ice Cube. Like Ice, you know, my feelings gonna be hurt. Ego be bruised a little bit. But what you're doing is depriving Iceman, George Gervin and Rick Barry and, and, um, you know, Dr. J. Who's gonna, I mean, the NBA, are you gonna give them head coaching, coaching jobs? The answer is no. You have no head coaching jobs for them. So why would you deprive them from uh, coaching these teams in the summer, making money. Uh, these guys that play in our league extend their careers. You know, a lot of these guys say, man, the big three saved me. I didn't know what I was going to do. I'm six, eight. I'm 31. The NBA said there's no room for me. You know, I'm playing in China. I'm playing in Greece. I'm playing in this. I'm playing in that nowhere for me to play here in America where I'm from. Can't play in front of my kids, my grandmama, my mama, my wife, blah, blah, blah. So, like, why would you stop that? And um, he's going to have to answer them questions, you know. I'm going to keep bringing it up. And everybody listening probably has a frown on their face saying, I don't understand. What's the problem?
2: How are they holding you back?
1: Well, they're doing things. They're not holding us back. They can't hold us back.
2: Or how are they attempting to? I think they're doing
1: things to slow our growth, like convincing networks not to carry the big three, convincing sponsors, Nike, uh, not to roll with the big three. Um, You know, those type of things could kill a league. Um, Not being able to, to connect with the networks that show basketball not being able to connect with those companies that sponsor basketball and partner with basketball. If they're going to all these partners who we know do big spins in basketball and tell them don't work with the big three, it cuts out a lot of our revenue. Um, You know, the pool is, you know, everybody say the pool is, you know, huge because there's all these products, but the, The pool of products and sponsors is not huge because um, only a certain amount think sports is the way to go for their product. So you start cutting out the major ones, you know, uh, you cut out a Pepsi, a PepsiCo, you know, what I'm saying out of our, you know, PepsiCo runs so many companies that can invest in the, I mean, and sponsor the big three. You start to see the picture on how they're hurting the league.
2: So you think they're actually like going to them at the top saying?
1: I know they're going. I've heard it from everybody in the C-suites. And when I say the C-suites, I mean CEOs, CMOs, COOs, and some CFOs have told us we can't do it because of our relationship with the NBA, and they would not dig it and we don't want to lose our relationship, so they're you know, they're basically stopping it from happening.
0: And they'll pay lip service to wanting to grow the game. They talk about yeah. that all the well, time. They,
1: they think they own basketball. I think what they don't like about the big three is we change the game. You know, we make it better for our sport. Four point shots, um, one shot free throws you know, bring the fire rule where guys, a coach can challenge a foul once a half and say, "Hey, I don't like that foul. Let them dudes go one on one and see if it was real." And you know, these <laughs> are things they can't do in the in, the, in the, on five on five. You know, but we can and we are, and everybody like it. You know, uh, so how'd
2: you come up with that stuff?
1: Just trying to make you know, I look. We looked at FIBA three on three, and it's boring. It's like it looked like. <clears throat> Look at a pickup game with your uncles and stuff. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I was almost about to <laughs> right. pick up game with your uncles, you know? So we was like, this is not good. Like we need to, we need to liven it up, make the game more interesting and make it um exciting. You know, so we, we thought of wrinkles that work for three on three half court, but might not work for a five on five. And uh, we started to implement them to make our game um, look better. Uh, you know, for guys to, you know, have fun playing it, and you know, for us to make sure that you can come back from a from a big lead. So our rules, you know, the way they're structured, you're never out of a game.
2: So kind of like what the ABA did when they looked, I'm going to compete with the NBA. Let's add a few. But the There's ABA the same game, but well, the
1: ABA is five on five. No, but I'm just no. saying
2: the ABA was trying to compete. Or they were look, really trying to. You compete. were looking at a different three on three league, saying, "How can we up the uh, up the entertainment here?" I was trying to make an analogy. Yeah, I mean, I, nobody, don't think I, hit, I don't think I hit. It. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I
1: got I got where you're going, but but nobody watches FIBA three on three in America, so we had to do things to make. The three-on-three game, interesting enough for uh, American sports fans to like it, love it. And overnight, we were the biggest three-on-three league in the world.
3: You still LA fandom with all your teams?
1: Yeah, I am. You know, I mean, Raiders, I'm still, you know, in Vegas. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Wow, what you got to say about? Me?
3: No, no, no. I was just—I <laughs> <laughs> just, didn't know if you followed the Raiders to Vegas or you. Uh, yeah, I followed. Just to, you uh... know, I
1: mean, I'm the president of the Raider Nation, so. Yeah, you were at, at the draft
3: last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing
1: crazy stuff fun. with with, Roger. with Mark
2: Davis. You hang out with Mark Davis a lot? Yeah,
1: Mark. Mark is cool. Um,
2: I don't believe that, but go ahead.
1: He is. You know, he, I mean, he's a cool guy. You know, I'm, I'm like.
2: Have you been to he, his house?
1: No, I haven't been to his house. Do you know it? Like he hasn't been to mine either.
2: Well, you, it like looks like the stadium. Oh, it does. Yeah. Have you seen that? Or not? No, that's cool. Yeah. He built it like...
1: Yeah. I dig that.
2: He's like a... You know, he's like a teenage kid. Like, when I yeah. grow up, I'm going to build... Like, now I wouldn't build my house like a, a Browns helmet, but when I grew up, I, I wanted to... <laughs> I wanted to drive a car that
3: was orange and and looked like a Browns helmet. I feel you. (laughs) So so what have you been... Have you been participating in all the 50-year hip-hop celebrations around? Yeah. Going to different... Doing different shows? Yeah, I mean, you know, not
1: overly doing it, but, you know, we're celebrating it with the big three, so we're going to celebrate it all year. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, doing more stuff throughout the year. I just got asked to do something um, in Atlanta, so... Yeah, you know, I think, uh, we have to make a big deal out of it and celebrate it and make sure people understand that, um, we persevered. You know, I remember when the music first came out and, uh, even, even singers and soul singers and stuff were saying it wouldn't last a year. And, uh, to be 49 years later, the biggest music in the world is, uh, you know, it's like, we got to stick it in their face. <laughs> Cause it
3: was early nineties where you couldn't have an R and B song without a rap lyric or two, rap verse or two in it.
1: Yeah. But you know, that's when they started to come around. Like before that, they were like dismissing us. Like it's not even music. Um, and so to see them start to have to use rappers to sell records, it was, it was sweet. It was sweet to see them have to come around. To the music that they shunned and dismissed as uh, a fad,
0: I've always wondered this too. So um, there seems to be this trend over the last couple years. Uh, Donovan had tickets to go see uh, the Doggy Style 30th anniversary at the Hollywood Bowl. It got got postponed. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. Jeezy in Atlanta. Rick Ross did one in Miami. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen when you see a full orchestral situation with a rapper. But was it hard for you the first time you had to start performing with a live band? Like, if you're just used to a guy on turntables,
1: was that hard? It is hard. Not, I mean, you know, me, I'm I'm still a turntable guy. But I've done things with The Roots. I've done things with other bands. You know, Dre has asked me to do specials, and, and he has bands. It's, it's fun. But to me, I'm like... uh I still need that, that turntable sound. I need, I need the music to sound as close to the record as possible. And sometimes, you know, bands, they get close, but they don't really hit it. Um, even though like the roots were eerie, how close, like they had stuff sounding like samples. It was, uh, it was impressive. You know, they, if you ever heard my song, America's Most Wanted, it has so many change ups and it's doing all kind of stuff. You know, it's like, you know, samples coming out the woodworks and they replayed that whole song and did it live. And I was just blown away. So, you know, if I had the roots behind me every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's
3: your what's your favorite song to perform? Maybe not your favorite song overall, but the one to get on stage and just rock
1: natural born killer. Natural Born Killers, the music, and just, you know, I start the show off with that. and You know, it's, we on 10. We on 10, 30 seconds into the show. And it's uh, great energy. I always start my shows off with that one. Or hello, one or, the, one or two.
0: Our producer put this note uh, in our uh, our run sheet for today. You're a very early morning guy?
1: Yeah, get up before the sun.
0: The best. Most the did you do that? When did you start doing that?
1: Going to school. You know, in the movie, you see me on that bus, right? Mm-hmm. We had to get up early to get on that bus. Like, you know, that school is like 30 miles from my house. So we'd have to be up before the sun to just make it to the bus stop or you get left. You get left, you got to jump on the RTD. It's a more dangerous ride to get to school <laughs> on the RTD and the, the public transit.
2: So you're talking when you're a kid
1: yeah when I was you know, but I
2: mean young, uh, I would have thought once you once you have kids really, yeah no, but once you uh you know start your music career and all that, I would think you're a guy that then wakes up at noon and one and you're doing shows at night and all that.
1: I just got used to it, and i didn't want I didn't want people like you know i would I would do business, call people call radio stations call people on the east coast, and it it would already be like noon. You know, one o'clock, two o'clock. So you o'clock. had to had to get so up. Right. I was like, man, we, I can't, I can't be late in the business. I gotta get up when they get up on the East Coast, cause I want to be early. I want them to to deal with my business before they get swamped by the day. You know? Well, they have
0: to deal with the California raisins, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah exactly. So Problem if I'm if I'm created. waking up
1: at noon in L.A., it's already three o'clock in New York, and you can't get much done. From from near till you know business is over.
3: I can't imagine Ice Cube getting sleepy around nine thirty though. That doesn't. Uh, I can't wrap my yeah. Head when do you go to bed?
1: That. I go to bed late. Wake up early.
3: Okay. Nap yeah. in between.
1: He's a beast. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I like I like those. You know, a nice couple hours twenty minute, nap? twenty
3: minute. Oh, twenty primate. hour,
2: twenty minute. Okay. Twenty minute. So uh, when's it get going tomorrow? Noon.
1: Noon. Doors open at eleven. We got six great games. Um. You know, come through, hang out, great entertainment. Um, Mike Jones, Yellow Beezy. Um so we got some great artists coming through. Gonna honor the DLC. Got dunkers and dancers and comedians and DJs and you know, it's 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 like you won't a circus be bored in there. You, you, will up, you will, not, will be bored. not be bored. All right. My, you goal, not be bored. my goal
3: before the end of the year Ice Cube is to have DOC in studio at this radio station doing an interview. I, I need that to happen. He's asking for help. I
1: got his number. All right. Yeah, I right. will put in a good word He'd be for happy us. to come up here. Okay. You know what I mean? He's a great dude. Yeah. Um and he's a pioneer. You know, he people really don't is. know that he wrote for Eazy-E. he wrote for uh um, NWA, he wrote for Snoop. And he wrote for Dr. Dre. You know, he's a he's a pillar when it comes to West Coast hip hop and Texas hip hop.
2: Does it bother you that if you say Dr. Dre, my first thought is yo MTV Raps?
1: No, it doesn't bother me. You know, I remember I remember Dr. Dre. Um, I used to be like, Man, that dude got your name. He was like, I'm gonna make it more famous. I'm like, okay, he owned Yo MTV Raps. What you on? You know I mean? Yeah, like, Well, he did it. Yeah, he, yeah, he that, did. He that ended that up doing it you little, know, did for it. everyone yeah. but did one. It. Right,
2: yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that was my yeah. college. Watching yeah. watching out. Sure. Watching UMTV raps was a daily uh, thing for me.
1: Yeah, Dr. Dre's a cool dude. and Lover. Yeah.
2: Uh, all right, big3.com slash tickets. Everybody, this is the great iced tea. The, S-Cube, um, sorry. Oh, M- M- I was thinking about our bit. We, we, uh... We're we had a guy sent out to a press junket, you know. I think it was for all yeah, there. Twenty yet. years ago, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, and he kept asking you questions about <laughs> Law and Order SVU. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, and then we played that for you last year, and I kept thinking about it. So that's why. Uh, now, Jake,
3: he remembers him. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, fair. Yeah, that's, that's totally you. fair. Yeah. That was uh,
2: <laughs> certainly not the only guy that's done that bit to you, though, right?
1: No, it actually happened yesterday on the radio station oh. in you know, Philly. You know,
2: were they doing it just as a bit?
1: No, he gave me this big intro, and he was like, Yo, welcome, Ice-T. Okay, we were doing ice like, like, <laughs> Ours
0: was a joke. To yeah, I know, clear. I know, <laughs> no, I, I
1: know. But, but, but it's cool because it happens all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it happens all the time, you know. No ice one calls my you Vanilla home. Ice, right? Never.
2: No. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, all right. Ice Cube, everybody. Yeah, bigtreecom yeah. slash tickets. Yeah. It is 2.30. This is the ticket.